welcome to Conversations of Grace. I'm Nathan Oliver, and this is a podcast about how we can live out the gospel in the everyday stuff of life. Each episode, you'll hear me chatting with experts and friends about how to understand the gospel and how it's good news for us every day. This season, we're looking at relationships and asking one big question, which is, how does the gospel transform our relationships? And in today's episode, I talk with my friend Hope Miles about being single and trusting in Jesus. This episode is, you know, it's just me and Hope hanging out, having a conversation about the things that she's learned regarding God's goodness and how that relates to singleness. And what I love about this conversation is firstly, how honest Hope is. I just think it's a really special thing to be letting on someone's life and story this way and to kind of hear the way that God's actually not just worked in her life, but actually worked in her heart. It's a great thing. It's fantastic. But the thing I love even more about that is just that um, you can hear clearly that Jesus is the hero of Hope's story. I hope you're encouraged by it. Uh, Yeah, I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Here it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Conversations of Grace. In this series, I'm chatting with people about how the gospel transforms our relationships and how we view our relationships too. So I've invited my friend today, Hope, uh, to have a chat with me about how the gospel shapes our view of singleness. Um, I met Hope through some church stuff I was working on with her dad. Hope lives in Sydney, and she works at Anchor Church there in the area of gospel care. Uh, Hope's uh, really nice, and she's actually super insightful. And the way that she speaks about the gospel um, is, well, it often has encouraged me and built me up. So I thought I'd love to have a chat with her about this particular topic. So, um, Hope, thanks for having a chat. Did I get that right, all the stuff in the (laughs) intro? (laughs) Sounds good. It's nice to be described as really nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are. I think you are. That's yeah. good. So I, so I got it right. You I got, got it right. right. So, I think that sounds good. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm just going to jump straight in. Yeah. It's a big question, this whole thing about how the gospel transforms relationships, right? Mm. I want to know what you think about that. How is the gospel good news for single people? Yeah, well, it's massively good news for single people. And I guess a lot of it is it's the same as the way it's good news for, for married people. But, um, you know, I think ultimately – it's through the gospel, it's through Jesus that we're brought into relationship with God <laughs> and yeah. he's the only one that can truly satisfy us and bring us lasting joy and it's as we're in relationship with him that, you know, we're never alone. So, you know, that feeling if we feel alone as a single but also as a married, you know, that we actually yeah. we're in relationship with God, he's, he's present with us and, yeah. Yeah. Just to say on that, like, I do feel clunky talking about it in those terms, single, married or whatever, you know, mm. I do because, because you're right. Like the good news is the same for everyone. It's the same, but, but I do think, and tell me what you think about this. I think that we kind of receive the good news at different points, different sort of like mm. tentacles of our mm. heart. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. um, that we receive things in different ways. Do you, what do you think? Do you think that's right? Yeah, I think for sure. But and maybe I'm just kind of getting at, you know, that that feeling of as a single person, you can often think I'm lacking something or I feel alone and actually and we think, okay, if I got married, that would be the solution, that would be the cure to that. But it's actually our relationship with God that's the cure to that. <laughs> and, yeah, maybe it does sound like 
too generic, you know, for, for all groups of people. But it's also as we experience maybe grief around our singleness mm. or around like not being a parent um, that, you know, we're reminded that we have God with us and he's the God of all comfort and we can share that grief with, we can experience comfort. And also maybe as well as, our, you know, that relationship with God, another thing that maybe singles can experience in this state of life is knowing that it's through the gospel that we're brought into community um, and we mm. have family and God has put that around us and so we're not we're not lacking that we're not alone in that way either yeah and that's a that's a fantastic thing yeah so you are single indeed am I, right? I am yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> so how have you found this so when so this idea that the gospel is good news for single people yeah now that we've qualified that so how have you found this to be true can you talk sort of from a more personal perspective yeah and I guess this is where I'll get much more specific you know um yeah but you know definitely I think I guess sharing a bit of my my story or my journey is you know when I was younger when I was growing up even and late teens 20s I think I really had this this view that um, you know, getting married and I, and I wanted to get married. I still want to get married, but getting married, that that would somehow be um, a solution to <laughs> all the insecurities that I experienced and um, that I thought, you know, having the love of a husband would, yeah, give me a sense of worth and value and identity that I felt that I lacked. But what God did, I, I feel like, you know, when I was about age 26, so we're going back like seven years or so, um, I feel like I went through a time that I would describe basically as a, a gospel revival in my own life where I came to know the gospel more deeply, which impacted all parts of my life. But I guess with singleness, or well, one thing that about the gospel I came to understand more deeply was my gospel identity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I realized that I'd been kind of looking to all these really superficial things to form my identity. So things like what I did, you know, my gifts, my talents, as well as, my looks um, and, you know, whether I had a, a husband who loved me um, yeah. to give me a sense of identity and then I I kind of experience more profoundly or, or I realise more deeply that I actually have this gospel identity that is foundational and permanent and it's unchanging um, and anything mm. else, you know, that I have is like stacked onto that that's already there. You know, there's these superficial things that I might have, but I actually have this deep, profound, real gospel identity. Yeah. And so I think maybe what, what God was doing at that time was helping me to, to see that that's where my worth um, came from, came from him and my value. And then, you know, I guess I'll you know, keep sharing and I guess maybe even getting more specific was kind of in that period of my life, like when you – when you grow up and you you leave your family home, I had this sense of like, okay, I was I had my dad there. Um, I grew up with him, and then you leave that sense of that household that where you're, you know, got your dad <laughs> taking care of you. Basically, I felt really insecure. Like I needed to then have a husband who could take care of me. If you know, you know what I mean. Like that in between yeah. time of being not dependent on my dad anymore. And waiting to have a husband who I could kind of be dependent on who would maybe um, make decisions in my life and give direction, you know, to my life, I felt like 
I found it quite unsettling and I felt a lot of insecurity in that that season. And I think what God did was he showed me that life wasn't about, you know, being dependent on my my dad as much as that's a really good thing. And it's also not about being dependent on a husband, but it's mm-hmm. about being dependent on him and um, that I could do life. I could kind of step forward and make decisions and figure out, you know, career path and all those kind of things with God primarily and not just, you know, <laughs> waiting for a husband to have that happen. Um, yeah. Yeah, and there's yeah. some things that happened and that there's more I could share. But Yeah. Yeah. Should I keep Feel going? Free. <laughs> Feel free. I'm, just I mean, going. I'm interested in hearing like how that happened. Like uh, can you can you share about that? Like was it something you heard? Was it someone who said something to you? You know, a lot of the times people talk about it's, it's sort of a same sense of empowerment that you're talking about, but I feel like the way that people search for it is from within. Like, mm. you know, you are worthy, you are good enough, you you know, whatever mm. it is. This is the story that culture is telling us and mm. our society tells us that you have it within you. Mm. You're talking about it coming from outside of you, mm. from God. Mm. How does that happen for someone? Yeah, well, I guess for me, so you're talking about that kind of, that new understanding of my identity particularly. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, I remember at the time really clearly, like I basically feel like God stripped away everything that I had clung to for my identity. You know, I was um, at the time I was trained as a teacher, but I didn't really want to be a teacher <laughs> and I was um, kind of unemployed or I had a bit of teaching work, but I was seeking work and, you know, that time of feeling like you're seeking for, for work can often be really unsettling, like, that was, I didn't know what was going to happen with my, my career, with my work. Um, I also, as part of the story, honestly, is I told, I had been interested in this guy and I told him that I was interested and he didn't return um, those right. feelings. And it was like God stripped that away. And even in that time, he was showing me that all these things that, yeah, I was clinging to, yeah, they weren't sufficient. And, yeah, God actually did an amazing work where he, he drew me closer to himself and he helped me to experience that. Like he, it sounds really cheesy, but I did feel like at that time it was like, he is the man that I need. And, um, yeah, I just, yes. I drew closer to Jesus and I, I started to long, like every night I go to bed and I'd be excited the next morning I was going to wake up and I knew I was going to spend time with God. Yeah. Um, and in that season of kind of, being a bit unemployed, job job seeking. I had some time, so I'd wake up early and go for a walk to a cafe and read my Bible and journal. And I was reading Ephesians actually at the time and um, it was like, you know, the words from Ephesians chapter 1 like literally like jumped out at me from the page in a way that they had never had before of all these amazing gospel identity statements. Um, Yeah. That was part of it. And, I had a mentor who was praying for me. She was actually praying that I would delight in God. And so I think that was part of it. God answered that prayer. And it also happened through in my gospel community at the time, just hearing people share stories and hearing the application of the gospel into people's lives that helped me to understand the gospel more deeply and my own gospel identity. Yeah, so there were some elements of it. Yeah. Yeah. So you were saying before, like it was the absence of, you know, things you wanted mm. in a way mm. that sort of like 
created an opportunity for you to reach out for God in a way you hadn't before, mm. as well as it sounds like you're saying as well as sort of like gaining a new understanding mm-hmm. of of God through the gospel. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah. So it's those two things. That, like it was, it's not just a zap of a moment, um, was it? Mm. Or, no, it was like a period of time, <laughs> definitely yeah. a period of time. It was lots of things. It was, yeah being in quite a vulnerable state of, okay, all these things being kind of feeling like they're stripped away from me, um, but also, yeah, having this time to spend with God, to spend in his word, people praying for me, being in community, talking about the gospel together. So how is that something that you said that happened seven years ago? Yeah. Is that right? So yeah. how is yeah, yeah. Is, has it been lasting? Well, it has been lasting, but that doesn't mean it has been always easy I haven't always felt that same sense of delight in God that I did at that time but I think it's been yeah it's been ongoing like quickly after that that time I actually you know jumped on a plane and went to America and spent three months there which was also kind of part of that gospel kind of formation in me um and I think I came back with this real drive to (laughs) help other people um and help them experience the gospel more deeply. Yeah, what life with him looks like. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. That's great. Okay, and do you have any other examples of how that happened for you? As I said, I, I jumped on a plane. I went to America um, kind of just a couple of months after kind of going through this gospel revival. And when I was there, there was two women who were single in the church and they were like early 30s. So I'm, you know, mid-20s, they're early 30s, so a bit older than me. I remember that one day um, they texted me and they said, hey, we're going to spend some time think, doing this exercise, which is called going from fruit to root on our singleness, which is basically when you look at kind of the negative fruit that you're experiencing in your life and you trace it down to understand what could be at the root of that and particularly what are kind of lies about God you're believing at the root Mm-hmm. Um, so I went over there, it was a Saturday morning and we spent three hours doing this process together, um, as well as, you know, having a smoothie and everything like that. But, um, <laughs> we basically like, we had a whiteboard and we threw on the whiteboard, all the bad fruit, all the negative fruit that we were as the three of us experiencing about our singleness, um, you know, stuff like feeling negative feelings and emotions, like feeling rejected or, um, feeling lonely or um, comparing ourselves to other people, like things like that. Um, and then we traced it down and we we asked ourselves, like, if, if that's the bad fruit that we're experiencing about being single, you know, what is that saying about who we believe that we are? Things like mm. we're, not, we're not lovable, we're not worthy. Or even on the other side, things like actually I'm entitled to this. Like I've been... I'm so loyal to God. I deserve a husband from him. Um, And then we kept tracing it down like, okay, if that's the bad fruit, if that's what we're saying about our identity, what does that say about what we're believing about the gospel or not believing? And so there's things like, actually, Jesus might have died on the cross for me, but I have no idea how this is relevant to my singleness and Mm. to to how I feel in all these areas of my life and and then going right down and saying okay what does this say that we believe about god or actually we're not believing about god and the lies um things like god is a trickster or he's mean or he's he's actually made it harder he's he said i can only date 
a Christian, so he's made dating and marriage harder, you know, all these things. Um, mm-hmm. That's giving you like a snapshot, but that was pretty full on like drawing all those things out together, but then yeah. reminding ourselves of the truth, you know, the truth about who God is yeah, um, and our gospel so, identity. Yeah. So it was kind of like using those things, like you almost had to pause. Is this right? Like it sounds like you kind of had to pause to recognize what you were believing, like what's going on in your heart and mind. Mm. Yeah, it was like a it was like a let's take a whole morning to stop and just think about, yeah, where are we yeah. at with this with being single? And yeah. actually we can tell they could they could obviously tell and then they invited me into it, which was really wonderful, but they could tell they're not right they're not doing well um in singleness right now. And they need to stop and do some work on that and think about if this is my experience, you know, what's actually happening at the root in my relationship with God and my understanding of the gospel. That's a it's amazing how in regard to belief we believe so much stuff that we aren't even aware that we believe. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And sometimes we need those sort of moments and spend, actually do the work um, to pause and to consider what's actually going on inside mm. of me. Yeah. And so through that, you're saying you actually drew that out too or has that compare with what's true about God? Mm. Yeah, Was and it- just reminding ourselves like, again, of the truth about, you know, God's character that actually he loves us, he created us just the way he wants us, you know, so all that, cause there's a lot of negative fruit around um, my desirability, my worth, my value, my beauty, and being reminding ourselves of actually like God created us perfectly. He doesn't make mistakes. And in Christ, in the gospel of actually, we've been pursued, you know, in the way that basically every woman wants to be pursued. We've been pursued that mm. Jesus laid down his life for us. Um, right. um, that that's how much he wanted to be in relationship with us. And, you know, that gives you a picture of that. That's, that's the husband that he is, the husband that mm-hmm. laid down his life. So seeing that he is the better husband and, yeah, he set his affection on us when we didn't deserve it and when we were, you know, totally ugly and full of sin and that he has our best interests at heart and a, and a plan for us. And, and so then, you know, when we know that that's true, being able to live differently and have different fruit, you know, good fruit of, I guess, being patient and um, yeah. in that area of our life and, trusting God and feeling at peace about our identity and our, and our value. And yeah. Does mm. that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. It's really great. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a powerful reminder of how good the good news is, I think. And that actually believing it, which is what we're told to do, Jesus says, repent and believe the good news. Mm. Um, it's funny, like actually we do need to believe it mm. and need to believe it in every part of our life. Mm. Those things that you're saying about the fruit of it, like patience, what about for the person who hears that and says, yeah, but I don't want, I don't want patience, I don't want inner beauty, I just want a partner? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it's about patience of like, you know, you're waiting on God for something, but instead of just feeling this desperation for it, like this demand I guess it's having patience that God's timing is what's perfect and if he does choose to provide me with this gift I can be patient and wait because I'm trusting that he's good I'm trusting he's in control that he loves me he's got my best interests and so that if that is to provide me with a spouse I'll wait patiently on his timing and you can still be open and you can still it doesn't mean you're like not doing anything you can still be proactive in in seeking to find a spouse but yeah, rather than like having your fist clenched, you know, wanting this thing so badly, it's being able to be open to it and ready to receive it. But there's a, I guess there's a peace that comes with that. 
And then if mm. God doesn't provide that, knowing, yeah, okay, that's okay. That's going to be okay as well. You know, God's got good things in store for me. He's got a good plan for me. Um, he's given me all that I need in him and in Christ. So for the single person listening to this and they're going, well, oh, how come I haven't had that experience or how do I have that experience? How would you encourage them? Well, I think, you know, as I feel like the fact that someone was praying for me had to be part of it. So I think prayer, yeah, spending time with God, being around people that that know the gospel well, that can speak the gospel into your life, that can kind of ask you searching questions and, yeah, maybe help you realize what it is that you're turning to instead of instead of God in your area of singleness even. I don't know. It's obviously the Spirit's work, so it's hard to. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of why I'm asking the question because mm. it's sort of like I can imagine someone hearing that and saying, well, that's all well and good for you, but over here, like I'm still struggling with this thing or, you know, with mm-hmm. being single. I don't mm-hmm. have the same joy that it sounds like you've got. <laughs> How come God's not answering my prayer to make me satisfied? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I keep giving it time. Like, um, keep looking to him and I have to do that too because you know I don't always feel satisfied in in being single but just being reminded that our satisfaction does only come from him and looking to him for those those deep things that we that we crave and that we long for yeah and just yeah. seeing how he'll answer that yeah. yeah yeah that's good yeah that's really good I, I kind of feel like that time thing you say it almost like like you don't know what else to say but I really think that's key in order to for us to grow as Christians mm. there's a time element to that where we need to continue to look to God continue to set our eyes on him mm. and to set our hearts on him too you know mm. uh, so it's not just a, a moment in time, but actually it's character that gets built within us. Mm. Well, Hope, I really appreciate the chat. I really appreciate hearing your perspective on these things. Thanks for um, having a conversation with me. Our pleasure. You're welcome. Okay, bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation and it encouraged you as you trust in Jesus. Hey, if you haven't done it already, don't forget, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, share it with a friend. All that stuff's really helpful. Uh, But even more than that, I'd love to connect with you. So please find us on social media at Convos of Grace Podcast. You can find us at Instagram or Facebook or wherever. And if you really want, um, leave a voice message. You can just follow the links. It's pretty easy to find how to do that too. Yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Until next time, enjoy grace. Conversations of Grace is brought to you by The Church Next Door in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to find out more, go to www.tcnd.com.au.